Hey dancers, welcome back to Broche Banter. I'm Julie Gill, your host. Today we are talking about facet number six of ballet, artistry, self-expression, and stage presence. What I have to say on this episode is perhaps a bit controversial, especially when it comes to adults learning ballet. If you know me, if you've been following my story, you know that controversy is not my favorite thing. And so when I speak about something that could be controversial, you know it is something I believe very, very passionately about and think is very important to share with you. So I'm going to outline today what I think artistry is and why it is so important for adult ballet dancers to have the opportunity and the instruction and the guidance and the permission to explore their artistic selves through their entire ballet journey. So stay with me and let's have a good time. What is artistry? Well, it could be so many things. I mean, it's art is art has so many definitions throughout all of the years and centuries of human life, but what we do know is that humans are always making art, enjoying art, sharing art with each other in so many different ways. And what is artistry in ballet? I find it to be the je ne sais quoi of making something you just can't look away from the incredible presence of a performer, the captivating expression that comes when you wear your heart on your sleeve, when you share that incredible moment of passion with the audience, whether that's your pets or yourself or the stage or a video on social media or with your friends, it's that expression and the humanity, the shared humanity that really makes something worth watching and worth looking at. With all the facets, with everything I speak about in this season, with everything I teach and the way I teach at Broche Ballet, with everything so broken down by what we're working on, these facets in my eyes are all parallel with each other. There's of course interdependencies in learning different things. They rely on each other. The things you learn in one help the other, but I see all of the different facets that we're talking about as more of like a web or a spiral versus a straight line or a ladder. They can all be worked on at any point in your ballet journey. As you work on your artistry, you wanna think of it really as very different from working on your technique. The things you are thinking about when you're working on your technique are very different than the things that you are thinking about when you're working on artistry. If you're trying to express yourself, what you're thinking about should be about what you want to express and feel. If you're trying to express sadness, if you're trying to express joy, if you're trying to express any number of human emotions, your thoughts and feelings should be about that human emotion. If you're working on technique, your thoughts and your feelings should be about turnout, about your spinal control, about your toes, about your fingers and your elbow placement and where you're looking and the details and the sort of nitty gritty instructions that you're giving to your body. The technical facet is very different than the artistic facet. And what I find is often a, a big misunderstanding is that working on technique, you should be able to do artistry while you're working on technique, but it's two very different things. Working on technique is its own whole thing. Working on artistry is its own whole thing. So to work on artistry, you want to be doing something that, it, that doesn't require your technical attention. What I mean by that is if you're working on expressing yourself in a plie combination, for example, or in a basic center combination, don't choose something that you currently have to focus on technically. So if you don't quite have your single pirouettes landed yet, during a single pirouette wouldn't be the time to work on improving your artistic expression through your body. In your technical work, 
that would be the time to work on landing your pirouette to focus on your core and your turnout and not letting your preparation heel slip and keeping your arms properly engaged and keeping your obliques helping pushing you around. Those thoughts are great and they're going to help you land your pirouette, but they're not going to help you improve your artistry. So when you want to work on artistry, you want to pick an environment where you are comfortable letting the technical thoughts sink into the background and let your thoughts and emotions turn to the artistry. So that can be one of two things. That can be working on a combination that is far below your level. So if you are not pushing your limits technically, if it's a combination that's easy to pick up quickly and memorize, if you're improving, this is a way, a time when you don't have to focus on the technical detailed instructions and you can instead focus on what you want to say. The other way you can do it is if you have a piece or a, a combination that you've practiced many, many times and your body is familiar with it, your brain is familiar with it, and you've practiced it so many times that you can shift your attention to the artistry of it. So when you're thinking about working on one or the other and leveling up your artistry or leveling up your technique, you want to think about those tasks as sort of separate endeavors. Then as you study your artistry and you study your technique, slowly they will start to blend together where you can have a higher level artistry on higher level technical combinations and it'll continue spiraling up and up and up as you continue leveling up on both. The idea of leveling up on both really is true. The more you level up on technique, the more control you have over your body, the more steps you can put into your artistic dances, the more options you have artistically. It doesn't mean that without many steps, you have no options artistically. You certainly do. I mean, people can express themselves without dance at all. So therefore, it means that even if you have one dance move, you can still express yourself, right? Because expression can happen in so many different ways. So whatever you have in your toolbox, that's what you get to play with artistically. And then you go back to the technical work and you expand your toolbox so you have more tools for better artistry. And this is where getting first to the point of why it's so important to me that adult ballet dancers, adults learning ballet study artistry is that a lot of times the artistry motivates you to get more tools. So you think, oh gosh, I really wish I could put a turn here in this music. It sounds so great. I really wish this part could have a big turn or a big leap. And then that motivation to put that piece into your art will motivate you even more to go back and learn how to do it and put it in your toolbox so that it then is natural enough to use in your art. So this really fuels each other. The technique without expressing yourself with it can sometimes feel pointless and it can sometimes feel like, what are we doing this for? And the artistry without enough tools to express yourself in such a wide range can also feel frustrating that you can't express yourself fully and freely. So they both continue to fuel each other and provide the motivation that's required for us adults to be able to keep showing up to ballet class for long enough to really master the craft. So this back and forth motivation between technique and artistry, this interplay between getting more tools and then using those tools to express yourself and then the urge to express yourself more deeply motivates you to get more tools and then you can express yourself more and, and so on and so forth. And it really spirals upward in a really incredible way. If you think about how kids learn ballet, like if you picture kind of the ideal child ballet curriculum, what is pre-ballet? What is pre-ballet for children? It's artistry. It's imagining, it's dressing up like a princess, it's dressing up like a little prince, it's marching around the room, it's imagining, it's playing with music, it's twirling around in skirts and tiaras. It is so imaginative. It's about pretending and feeling like a dancer and getting the mood and getting them hooked on it, getting them to feel the music and the dance, getting them to really enjoy ballet. And that's pre-ballet. That's before you start teaching them technique. You start helping them play. And even if they didn't take pre-ballet in 
their ballet curriculum. What they're doing at home when their parents decide to put them into ballet class is they're playing and they're pretending and they're imagining and they're doing pre-ballet on their own. So the precursor to ballet technique, the reason why you would want to study ballet technique often is the imagination and the pretending and the feeling like a dancer and feeling like it's something you want to pursue more. Imagine someone decided to learn how to sing without ever singing along with somebody. No, you start by singing along with people, you sing along with your friends, you sing along with your family, you sing along in a church congregation, you sing with the radio, you sing by yourself, and then you think, oh, maybe I want to study this further and really get into it. So often the beginning, the impetus for wanting to study something deeply is the pretending and the imagining and the feeling, and then the technical study comes second. I think we often have it backwards when we're thinking about how to teach adults ballet in that we think that adults should start off with the technique from day one and only start to imagine later. But really, when you actually study how the kids are learning, when you actually study what a childhood curriculum looks like, pre-ballet is this imaginative thing. It's not often in turnout. They're playing, they're getting to know their bodies, they're getting coordination, they're jumping over little discs, they're twirling around, you know, they're just getting to know their body and the music and the environment around them. And so I think with adults, while it's just a little unnatural to play in that way as an adult, it's unnatural. So I think artistry and quote-unquote pre-ballet looks different for adults than it does for kids. But my point here is that artistry often is the impetus for wanting to learn greater technique. If you guys follow me on Instagram at Julie the Ballerina, you know that I'm constantly studying technique. I love technique, but I love artistry just as much, and they both fuel each other. I think, oh, I wish I could create that picture. I wish I could get my leg a little higher for that picture. I wish I could get this move so that I can do this variation better. I wish I could do this. And then you go study and you go stretch and you go work and you learn the details and you have motivation for continuing to study at such a deep and high level. And they impact each other. They help each other grow. And so the technique, the technical work is... I think equally fascinating with the artistry and they and they really go well together. So what is artistry for adults? What is pre-ballet for adults? I think it looks a little bit different. I think it looks like helping adults start to feel the expression of themselves through very simple ballet movements. It's often not just like free form playing around running around because adults often feel very silly and very embarrassed or very shy and you know a lot of times if we came to ballet later in life Maybe we have some embarrassment around our body or we don't feel graceful or we feel clumsy or we feel like we had two left feet. And so if a teacher were to just say, I want you to like twirl around the room, it's unlikely that that would be helpful or make anybody feel comfortable. Like if your teacher's ever told you to make up your own arms in the end of a combination, even for four counts, usually you get a room full of panicked faces <laughs> when you're looking at a bunch of adults learning ballet. So pre-ballet for adults, beginning artistry for adults looks very different than it does for children. I think in many cases, pre-ballet or this sort of artistic, getting adults to feel that their body could be a mode of expression, like getting someone who's never expressed anything with their body to feel that their body could be expressive. That is a huge mindset shift for a new adult ballet dancer to see that this is possible for them to create and to feel and to express with their body. That is a huge, huge and important mindset shift to 
motivate people to get into the studio and to go through all of the challenges and endeavors of learning ballet at a deep and technical level. So I think a big part of this is number one, helping people understand musicality. If you didn't have musical training as a kid, you may not know how to count music. You may not know about different tempos and speeds of music. You may not even know that ballet is being done to a specific beat. Uh, a lot of times people will actually not even realize that the music that's playing in the background is meant to be used as a timekeeper. This is sometimes not even explained because it's so taken for granted by people who studied music or by people who, who grew up dancing. But sometimes, especially if someone's used to only listening to radio or commercials or pop music, they may not have even heard classical music enough to feel the different types of beats in a classical music because it sounds so different from pop music and contemporary music. So sometimes a new adult ballet dancer coming into class will just hear the classical music playing and won't even necessarily realize or understand that they're supposed to be dancing with it in the speed of the music, that the tempo of the music is setting their movements, especially with slow music. It's so hard to find that beat in slower music for people who are newer to counting music, where sometimes they feel like they actually aren't even aware that there is a musical structure that they're meant to be following with their body and with the combinations. So helping people understand the count structure of music, helping people understand the difference between a waltz and a more square beat. So whether it's a one, two, three beat, or whether it's a two, four, or a four, four. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard these words, before. That's great. This is, I love teaching musicality. I have some videos on my YouTube channel about it as well to dive into this at a deeper level. But this skill of musicality is something that we often just take for granted as ballet teachers and as people who maybe grew up around music. So helping adults feel the beat and feel the music and help them understand dynamics and where the climax of music would be and how to find the downbeat and how powerful the downbeat can be and helping them find and feel all of this actually is a very important part of helping somebody develop their artistry. Musicality is basically like a map. It's like a clock, right? To tell you where to be uh, when, right? It's how you know what's coming next. It's how you can feel it. So helping people understand musicality, even just listening and kind of having a music, music appreciation, music feeling uh, is a huge part of it. One more point on musicality is that helping people see the types of movements that sound and look right with different music. So for example, a big what, what kinds of things would look good with a big climax or what kinds of things look good with a waltz, like a more flowy, waltzy kind of a thing? What kinds of things are going to look good with kind of a more regimented sounding music and helping people hear the music in a different way so that when they are dancing with the music in an artistic way, they have some sense of what they're even listening to, what they're even hearing. So even just taking time to play the music without having to dance with it and show and help count and help show the musicality verbally and physically can be a huge benefit for people when they're working on developing their artistry for the first time. I think other things that really help people to develop their artistry is also learning about the history of some of these different movements, learning about ballet pantomime, gesturing, how the port de bras maps with natural human gestures, how the movements of the shoulders and whether you're hiding from the audience with an arm that's crossing your body versus a very open pose that you're very open and exposed to the audience, helping to show and pull back the curtain a little bit behind these tactics that we have for creating a mood. So if you go, you know, working on your levels from down to up, if you go from a, a very low plie to a 
big relevé with a big high portabra, how that looks to the audience and how to create surprise, maybe from stillness to an explosive movement, kind of breaking down these elements of dynamics and how you create a feeling for the audience with your body, how you hide from the audience, how you look at the audience, when you look at your hand versus when you look at your foot versus when you look at the audience, giving people sort of direction about their artistry and what is actually happening to create the specific mood is so, so, so helpful to giving people a structure around their artistry where they feel like they have some some safety and some ability to play with their artistry even at beginner levels. For example, standing in a baby first position, just practicing gesturing the arms, where to look, uh, what to do with your face during that process. This can all be super, super fun for people to get to know their body, get to know the feeling of the audience, get to imagine the audience and still have a little bit of a structure around it. As I said, generally just telling adults to leap across the floor and swirl around can be actually quite embarrassing and is not um, is not often actually super fun is not actually a super fun activity for many people to do in a group. I mentioned facial expressions briefly in there so let's dive a little bit into facial expressions as well. The interesting thing about faces is how they pretty much show what you're thinking and feeling. That's just sort of how they're designed, right? They're kind of hooked up to your thoughts and feelings. Of course, as adults we have developed pretty good poker faces and we kind of practice a lot hiding our facial expressions. And so for us, we are really focused on releasing our face to take our emotions and show it on our face. Again, always when I'm talking about, in this case, when I'm talking about working on artistry, I'm not talking about when you're working on pointing your toes harder. Like if you're working on learning how to point your toes harder, if you're working on shaping your legs, if you're working on all that stuff, your face is probably going to look crazy because you're focused on <laughs> all that other stuff. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in those two contexts, either you're doing a piece that is way below your level that doesn't take much technical focus, or you're doing a piece that you've practiced a bunch that is something you're very comfortable and familiar with that allows you to think about your face and feelings and all of that stuff. When it comes to your facial expressions, what you're trying to do is to allow your thoughts to drive your face, not trying to craft a smile or not trying to craft a frown or anything, but trying to actually imagine what you would have to be thinking or feeling to create a certain facial expression. And then you're embodying a character or you're embodying a mood and you want to try to get that thought so strong in the forefront of your mind that your face will take that feeling on. So you want to imagine a very happy moment in your life or a very sad moment in your life or what the character might be thinking or feeling at this moment or see if you can imagine being afraid or see if you can imagine being hurt or betrayed and see if you can really imagine that feeling and a time in your life when you felt like that or if you can't, if you never felt like that at imagining how a person would feel if that happened to them and really letting that be the forefront of your mind while you are doing whatever dance it is. Then allowing your face to take that. That's a really scary part because we're taught so much to sort of hide our emotions and, and in many contexts throughout life it's not necessarily appropriate to just walk around <laughs> with all of your facial expressions and you know thoughts worn on your face. I mean it, 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 we have some need in general to manage our facial expressions in our day day life as adults. But when we're in an artistic context, we want that to be different. We want our face to communicate. Our face, is, is, our face, our fingers, and our feet are what people are looking at when it comes to the communication, the gestures, how you're feeling, what's going on in your brain, what they should be feeling, how the story is being told. So you want to be able to change your brain 
change your thoughts to focus on something that's going to create the facial expression and the presence and the feeling that you want to embody. Easier said than done, <laughs> like with all things, but the facial expression work is a really big part of creating the mood that you want. So if you're, if you're doing like a little self photo shoot, for example, that's a really easy way to start practicing artistry. If you're doing like a self photo shoot, trying to get a passe or something in a beautiful photo, look at the photo and look at your face, look at your fingers and look at your feet and focus on those three areas and think to yourself, what thoughts can I think or what music can I listen to that will create the feeling that I want to come through in this photo? How can I relax my fingers? How can I make my face look sad or happy or whatever you want to convey through that moment and try to not create the face, but think the thoughts, feel the feelings that would lead your face to create that expression that, that will give you the genuine, captivating look and expression of the artistry and the, you know, kind of thing that you can't look away from, the je ne sais quoi of seeing a human being alive. So the face, the fingers, the feet are all a huge part of the artistry. I hope by now in the conversation, you've noticed that a lot of artistry has actually very little to do with the technique. Now, obviously, if you're going to express yourself during a big, difficult movement, you need that movement to be under your belt so that you can think about expressing yourself. But all of these little micro skills, counting music, learning about gestures, learning about your face, learning how to manage your thoughts and feelings to create a facial expression, learning how to manage your fingers, uh, all of these micro skills are all learnable, completely separate, independently from your ballet technique. In fact, it's easier to learn them as their own thing than it is to learn them with something complicated that you're also doing at the same time. So isolating this artistic learning is so valuable so that as your technical toolbox is developing, you can begin to marry them together and have a lot of fun at every step of the way, putting together your face with a beautiful tendu. How can you make your tendus more beautiful? How can you make a simple quasi front tendu pose look more beautiful? Well, it's all of this that we've been talking about, creating the feeling, creating the mood, even in the most simple of ballet poses and movements and combinations. So this is in part why I believe it's so helpful to start developing your artistry and your expression in parallel with your technique. They're both really hard skills. It's both really hard to allow your face to take your thoughts and control your thoughts and also really hard to level up technically. So working on them both in parallel allows them to come together. If you wait until you're a really good dancer and a really high level dancer and a whatever got the all these skills to even begin thinking about your face and you've never thought about it before, then you're going to kind of feel like you're going back to the beginning and having to take a step back to work on all of that. So I say start working on it now. Start working on your face. Start spending a little bit of time. If this is something you enjoy and want to work on, start spending a little bit of time creating your own ballet art. Start taking some time creating your own ballet pictures. Start creating your own ballet combinations. Start taking, you know, trying maybe a beginner level class on YouTube or with me on Zoom and trying to express yourself within that be more beginner level thing and see if you can start to develop this skill of thinking about something else while you dance so that you can express yourself. All of this is a, is a really big reason why I started the International Adult Ballet Festival last year in 2022, because I see that in youth ballet, when kids are learning, they have so many opportunities to put their hard work into something that they're going to put together onto the stage. They can do a variation, they can make original choreography, they get the costume, they get the stage experience, they get something to work for and study and practice, they get feedback from judges, they win prizes. It, it really gives them sort of like a... Um, 
a checkpoint or something to work towards and something to feel. And I think adults need that too. I think adults need the ability to take sort of control over their over their artistic part, over the performance aspect of their ballet journey and be able to say, I want to try performing this variation. Maybe I'll do a modified version of it. Maybe I'll do the whole thing on point, whatever it is. But you really take a checkpoint in your ballet journey and say, I want to work towards this project. I want to create this piece of art right now with everything I've got. I want to use this project as a great time to study and learn this variation at a very deep level. I want to take this chance and opportunity to put my skills to the test, to share a moment with the audience, to get a feel for it, to deepen my motivation and my love for ballet, all of the things that kids get to do throughout the entirety of their ballet journey. I mean, kids are, kids are performing at all levels. Young children, ages three and four, they're performing in little adorable dance recitals before they can even go up there alone without their teacher. And they're already on stage performing, getting that feeling of performing, getting their motivation, getting their, getting their love for dance and getting their love for ballet fired up to get back into the studio and get to work. They've got a reason to put in the work. They've got something they're working toward. They've got something they're looking forward to. And so when we are adults, sometimes we don't have that. Well, we don't currently often have that opportunity to be able to do it, to be able to take that into our own hands and to be able to have something that we're working towards. And so I really wanted that for adult ballet dancers and started IABF last year, the International Adult Ballet Festival last year. Our second one is coming up in a few months here in Miami in June 2023 to give adults the chance to work towards something, to take this artistic conversation that I'm having with you here on this podcast that you're that you're here with me along with and say, I want to work towards that. I want to be able to do those 10 moves by this particular time. So I'm going to study those at a really deep level. I'm going to work on my fingers. I'm going to work on my face. I'm going to work on my stage presence. And I'm going to learn this choreography at a deep level and take it to the stage and get a video of it and optionally enter the competition division to get feedback from judges and win prizes and have something to work towards. But to me, this is so incredibly important. And I am not just sitting here on a podcast talking about it. I actually really, truly believe this and teach artistry every single week in my ballet classes and also uh, run the International Adult Ballet Festival to give adults the chance at any level to take what they know right now and make art out of it. Why? To feel the love, to feel the passion, to get to feel like a dancer, to get to be a dancer, to get to see the reason why they're doing this, to have a reason to go and study and work and perform and get to really feel, get to really feel it, get to really feel why it's worth all of the effort, the blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make it to class every single week, the difficulty to you know keep going through your thousandth, hundred thousandth pirouette before you land that single or double for the first time, why it's worth it to put in all that pre-point work to get your point shoes, so that you can put it somewhere, so you can make art from it, so you can share it with people, so you can enjoy that aspect of ballet. So I hope if you love this aspect of ballet, if you love the idea of expressing yourself through dance, if you love the idea of just being a really captivating performer, I hope you'll start to work on it. I hope you'll feel free in the right environment where you're comfortable and you feel like you can take a little chance and take a little risk. I hope you'll start to work on it. I hope every once in a while you'll think about what your face is doing. I hope every once in a while you think about what you want the audience to feel after your piece. What do you want them to say after your piece? What do you want them to have felt or gotten from it that they can take to the rest of their life? How do you want to inspire people? I hope you start thinking about your dance as 
art to be shared with other people, to inspire other people, to show other people just like you that they can do it, that they can use their body to make beautiful art at any level, at any point in their life and journey. You can be a dancer. You can feel. You can take what you know and share it with people. You have something to offer on the stage at any point in your journey, and you can create art with what you know right now. I hope you just get a taste. I hope that the taste of the artistry gives you all of the motivation you need, all of the inspiration you need to get into the studio and to keep working and to keep pushing and to take you through those hard times and to take you through those difficult challenges that we all face in our ballet training, in our technical work. I hope the taste of the fun of it. I hope the taste of the joy of it. I hope the taste of the stage and of something to work towards gives you a reason to keep working. And I hope if ballet has got your heart, I hope if you've fallen into the ballet trap and can't get out of it, I hope you keep going. I hope you find your way to the stage or in front of a camera or in front of your friends. And I hope you get a chance to share it with the people that you love and with the people in your community to inspire them that they too can do the same thing, that we're all dancers, we're all artists, and we all have something that we want to share. As always, I wish you very happy dancing. I hope you come find me on Instagram at Broche Ballet, at Julie the Ballerina, or at IABF Adult Ballet Festival. I would love to see you there. Drop me a line at hello at brocheballet.com if you had fun with this podcast. Don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends if you had a lot of fun and you want them to come to the stage with you. All right, dancers, until next time, happy dancing.